there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hi, I'm Wendy Zuckerman, and you're listening to Science Versus from Gimlet. Today on the show, pet food. A lot of pet owners are getting ads tossed at them, telling them that your standard pet food is junk and you should be forking out for much fancier, human-grade quality food. So we're going to jump into the bag of kibble, that poo-brown dry food that you buy in huge bags for your dog or cat, and we're going to see if it's really as bad as people think. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to crack the kibble case wide open. And we know just who to go to. On a sunny afternoon in New York City, Science Versus producer Rose Rimler and I went to see Marion Nessel. She's a professor of nutrition at NYU. Hello. Hi, I'm Rose. Hi, Rose. Marion. Hi, nice to meet you. And we bought her a bag of kibble from a bodega down the street. Brought the goods. The goods. In case you needed inspiration. Several years ago, Marion and a colleague wrote a book on big pet food. And she had a lot of the same questions that we do, wanting to know what's in stuff like kibble and whether it's actually good for pets. And Marianne was very dedicated to finding out answers, even taking a nibble of kibble herself. It's more umami than you would like. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you eat pet food? Did someone dare you? No, I was doing the research for this book. You have to know these things. And through her research, she managed to find out how kibble gets from the factory to your dog's bowl. And yeah, it's not going to get you licking your chops. Because kibble is highly processed mush. First up, companies get leftover meat pieces and byproducts from the people food industry. Think guts and kidneys from cows, ground up bones from chicken, broken bits of rice. They cook it up and shove it through what's called an extruder. That's a machine that squishes something out. It goes into a big tube and comes out a little. It has a small opening at the end, so it's pushed through and into these shapes and then dried. Kind of like a pasta maker? Uh, Yeah, it's actually not all that different from a pasta machine. That's a very good analogy. Thanks. So... A lot of pet owners are grossed out by the idea of their pets eating this crap. But Marion says that we should be thinking about these byproducts very differently. And she doesn't turn her nose up at them at all. I was once at a uh, salmon packing plant where they had, as they took fillets off the salmon, and then they had this rack of bones that was just full of salmon meat. And I asked, what do you do with that? And they said it goes to pet food. And Marion's like, if we're not going to eat it, why not feed it to our pets? It seems to me that feeding food waste to dogs and cats who don't have the same kind of aesthetic standards that we do makes perfect sense. Otherwise, we'd be thrown away. Feeding our pets the choicest cuts of meat would put a pretty big burden on the food system, which already has enough on its plate. 
In fact, there are so many dogs and cats in the US that one study estimates it's the equivalent of feeding another 62 million people. They can't all get filet mignon. And it turns out that the byproducts we're putting in kibble, which might sound weird to you, can actually be really good for them. Organ meats like liver and kidneys tend to have more vitamins in them than fancy steaks. And I mean, eating guts? Talk about feeding your inner wolf. As for so-called filler, like corn or rice, well, that has some nutritional value too. It's not like eating sawdust. And on top of all this, Marion told us that pet food makers typically add even more vitamins and minerals to their food, which is why if you look at the ingredients on a packet of kibble, there's often a lot of good stuff in there. Where's the... There's calcium, potassium, a bunch of minerals, amino acids. So this kibble is like a multivitamin for a dog? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Sure. This suggests that it might be a bit risky to hop onto another trend that we're starting to see. Cooking bespoke meals for your pet. Because it's pretty easy to mess things up and not add the particular nutrients that your animal needs. So that is why the experts that we spoke to for this episode told us that generally speaking, kibble is just fine. In fact, they all fed it to their pets. But we know things can still be tricky here. Because when you go to one of these big pet food stores and walk around, you'll find a huge range within kibble, from cheap to very expensive. And if you're wondering, should I fork out for the priciest stuff? Is it going to be better for my dog or cat? The answer is, we don't know. No one has compared the cheapest crap on the market to the high-end stuff to see which one is better over an animal's lifetime. And that goes for the fancier pet food too, like freeze-dried raw nuggets or freshly prepared meals. No one knows if those fresh ingredients are actually better for your furry friend compared to the ultra-processed stuff. Would dogs be healthier and live longer being fed on something more expensive? I'd really like to know that. And that research does not exist. So, where does this leave us? Well, there's no evidence we know of that dogs or cats who eat the cheapest kibble every day are doing worse than pets eating the finest food available. Now, every now and then, a pet food factory will have an outbreak of something like salmonella, but that is true for big pet food companies as well as fancy boutique ones. Curiously, though, while all eyes are on these artisanal pet food trends, there's actually a very big and very different problem with how many of us are feeding our pets. And it's right under our snout. This is a problem affecting millions of dogs and cats all around the world. And here it is. They're too fat. They're eating too much. It's by far the biggest problem. It's rampant among pets. Studies suggest that somewhere between 20 to 40% of dogs and cats worldwide are overweight. And this is bad for their health. Cats are way more likely to get diabetes if they're obese. And this can also shorten their lifespan. Like, we found one amazing study that followed a colony of Labrador retrievers over years. 
their whole lives, slightly overfeeding half the dogs and keeping the other half trim. And it turned out that healthy weight dogs, on average, live two years longer than the chubby dogs. So why are dogs and cats getting fatter? Because they're being fed too much. And it's just really, because the animals like it so much, it's just really easy to overfeed them. Marion says that we tend to overfill their bowls and give them too many treats. I can absolutely understand it. I totally can understand it. To have a dog wag tail every time I walk in, I might think that dog deserved treats. (laughs) Okay, so kibble ain't so bad. But when it comes to picking out a bag of kibble, should you go for the grain-free stuff? Going grain-free was one of the biggest trends in pet food. But recently, there's been some scary reports that dogs who ate that stuff died. Could it be true? We dig into the science to find out what's going on there over in our full episode on pet food. Just search for Science VS in Spotify, that's Science Versus, Science VS, and click on our episode, Pet Food. I'm Wendy Zuckerman. Back to you next time. 